Amen. Good morning, church. Don't worry. We're taking contribution later. Don't worry about that. We'll do that. It's great to be together. Um, I am bringing my beautiful wife, Marina, with me today. And we're going to do some sharing here together. All right. A couple things to update you with and uh, just to keep us on the same page here. Uh, First of all, it is an honor and a privilege to be able to have Stephen Shonda Stevenson with us uh, here this morning. And, um, you know, for those of you who don't know Stephen Shonda, Stephen Shonda uh, built and led the church here for about over eight years. Uh, Just recently, the past, how long have you guys been gone now? Two years? About two and a half years moved uh, to, two and a half years ago moved to New Jersey to lead the church there. They left us. And... um, but since then, it's been awesome. Their daughter, Summer, became a Christian, got baptized, and uh, we feel very honored to be able to uh, sort of build on, the, on what they built here in Long Beach, and they are definite family members here of the church, and we love you guys so much. We're so grateful that you're here uh, with us. So please come in and fellowship with them afterwards, give them a big hug, and it's great to have you guys with us. Um, last night, man, what a party last night. Oh, my goodness. Uh, for those of you who are visiting with us, we're so thankful that you're here with us this morning. Uh, once a year, well, at the beginning of the year, our church gathers together to just eat together and dance together and have a great banquet. And last night uh, was that banquet, and it was incredible. Um, Marina and I had a previous uh, wedding and a reception that we had to be at beforehand, but we came towards the tail end, and we walked into like an old western town, and it was incredible, and I just, I really, with all of my heart, um, want to lift up Nestor and Linda Sosa, uh, right here. Go ahead and stand up. Come on, Nestor. Go ahead. Nestor, you know, Marina talked to Linda a few months ago and said, hey, can you just maybe get some decorations for the banquet, help me out here, Um, and we had no clue (laughs) that they were just going to go all out. I mean, they built things, painted things, uh, wagon trains, jail houses, and and they stayed under budget. Incredible. but with all of our heart, Nestor and Linda, we, as a church, church, we, we're so thankful uh, for you rallying everybody together, pulling everybody together uh, to make an excellent experience just for all of us and an excellent, a great memory uh, for our church family as well as our children. Uh, and just thank you so much uh, from the bottom of our heart. I also want to really lift up and thank Nikki Steinke uh, for organizing and arranging all the food and... Um, helping us out with that. Uh, I want to lift up Daniel Plymel for working at Johnny Reb's and getting us a good deal at Johnny Reb's Barbecue. <laughs> it's awesome. I, uh, what an incredible time. And just I hope that as you saw the fellowship last night that you just are reminded and sobered by just how sweet God is with us. Uh, the relationships that we get to have here, the memories we get to build together, um, the mission that we get to be on together to reach the, the, the lost in this city. And uh, I'm just so grateful to be a part of the body of Christ here in Greater Long Beach. Um, 
we're going to do something a little bit different today. You know, at the beginning of the year, we, we uh, usually do kind of a workshop for the different ministries. And so if you're visiting with us, uh, this is a different sort of a lesson today uh, where we will be sharing from the Bible. We'll be doing a, a lesson from the Bible uh, and understanding what God's vision is for the church. But uh, at the same time, we'll be giving a lot of information. And, and kind of you'll understand, if you're here for the first time, you'll kind of understand uh, just kind of how we roll as a church and what happens and the functions and the roles and the different structures and how we really are, are trying to build uh, to God's glory. Uh, so I hope we don't scare you away from our church. I hope that you come again <laughs> next week and join us. But it is a very different sort of a, a lesson that we're going to be doing uh, here today. We're pretty awesome. Yeah, I think we're pretty awesome, too. Is this on? Yeah, I think so. Can you guys hear me? I'm not this short, Jason. <laughs> Here, let's... Medium. A medium. Medium height. All right, good. All right. Okay. Um, I've given you a couple of things here. You received a couple of things when you came in. One was this awesome newsletter. Right? All right. Thank you. Uh, we do have a newsletter team that puts information together for us, and we're really grateful for them. Yep, backside, oh yeah, the backside. backside. Yeah, there you go. And I just want to highlight a couple things on this newsletter. So if you have it, please uh, turn it on the other side here. Um, we will be having a youth ministry night here in a couple weeks, January 23rd, for all the preteens, junior high and high school, and all the parents at Mayfair Park in Lakewood. Um so something that's special that Marina and I wanted to do together with the Plymels and the Eads and the G's is we wanted to host a new members fellowship night on January 30th. It's a Friday night. Uh, over the past six months, we've had several people move into our church from other regions or sectors or churches from our fellowship, the International Churches of Christ. And we've had several people move in. And um, we want to invite you to come and have some dinner with us and get some interaction. We want to we see how you feel in coming to, our, to the church here in Greater Long Beach and uh, learn from you as well as just answer any questions and just kind of have a time of fellowship there. So that's on January 30th. Oh, it's a dessert time. I'm sorry. We'll have some, so some eat, bomb dessert. So eat before you come. Yeah. Um, and then um, uh, starting this week, we'll be having for the family ministry, we'll be doing midweeks every, other one, uh, every Wednesday. The men will meet this week, the next week the, the women, and the next week the men, like, kind of, kind of like that. And that's all I'm going to bring up right now. Oh, winter camp is coming up for the teen ministry. Let's have the teens sign up for winter camp. Wow, they're pumped about that. All right. Okay. Let's pray, and we'll get started. God, we love you. We're so thankful, and we're excited that your word gives us exactly what we need. Yes. Open our minds, open our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Oh, the other thing I gave you is this. Please take this handout out. If you, don't, if you, don't, if you have a pen, this is for, us to follow, for you to follow along with us. I realize that not a lot of people carry pens with them anymore, so um, if you have your phone, you can... Take a picture of it and follow along, I guess. Or, or you can uh, type, write. You know what I'm saying. I'll, I'll send you a PDF this week or something like that. You can figure it out. But on here are kind of the notes uh, for today. And then on the back is a specific prayer list that I'd love for you to fill out. Uh, prayers for yourself, 
for your family, for the church, for your life stage ministry, uh, for the mission. And kind of write some specific prayers for 2015 that uh, you can, you know, this is, this is small enough. You can fit it in your Bible. Uh, you can put this on your refrigerator kind of right there and just remind yourself, these are some things I want to pray about throughout the year. And um, I think this is the, we, we need to be a church of prayer, amen? Mm-hmm. We've got to be praying specifically that God will move in great ways. But uh, for the time being, let's turn here uh, on the front side of this and follow along uh, with us. Last week, we studied Ephesians chapter 3 and the beginning part of chapter 4. And what we discovered is uh, that we don't, we, 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 we can go to the Word of God and see what God's vision is for His people. And it's amazing to study out Ephesians 3. And I remember we talked about this in, verse chapter, in, in chapter 3 and verse 10, right? Where we talked about um, uh, the, the heavenly authorities through the church. God's manifold wisdom is made known to the authorities in the heavenly realms, meaning angels in heaven gain an insight into God's nature and God's wisdom by looking at us. Isn't that crazy? But we studied also how God's, God, God's design, God's idea, was that through the cross, through Jesus, all walls of hostility would be broken down to where all nations, all peoples, would be able to come together and be one new humanity. And in our time, in the time of our, of our nation's history, where there's so many protests, so much racial tension, the message of the gospel is so needed to see God's plan God's idea that the only way we're going to dissolve these things is through the gospel of Christ. That Christ will come and break down those walls and bring all peoples together. And look around this room at the, the different colors of skin, the different, the different ethnicities, the different socioeconomic backgrounds. Just, we're so different and yet can be one. And that's only in Christ that that can happen. And, and so because of that, right, Paul writes, he's like, guys, therefore I urge you, because this is such an issue, it's such a big deal, don't just show up on time, amen? <laughs> but he says, live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be humble, be gentle, be patient, bear with one another in love. Right? Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I mean, and so he, he, he and then he, what are the unities that we need to have? These non negotiable, essential unity, you know, one body, one faith, one hope, one baptism, one, one God, one Father, one Lord. I mean, we talked about these things and, and we said, man, this, if there's, there, there can be no argument on these things. We make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. On these things, because these are given to us through the Spirit. It wasn't anybody's idea. It was God's idea, through His Spirit, to bring all peoples together. So live a life worthy of the calling you've received. And so what Paul does is really cool. In, in chapter four, as he talks about your individual life, he then goes on and gives a picture of what the church should look like as a whole. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And 
I've been in a lot of different discussions and meetings about, you know, what's our vision? What's our direction? Where do we want to go? How do we want to build? How do we, all this kind of stuff. And I think over the past year, I've just realized, let's just go back to the Bible and see what God's idea and God's vision is for his people as a whole. I don't want to, I don't need to sit around and like rack my brain over what, maybe we could try this, maybe we could try this. Or I just have to go to the Bible because it's right there. God's vision for his people. You guys ready to go? Ephesians chapter 4. But to each one of us, grace has been given us as Christ apportioned. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. And you're like, what? What does that even mean? Paul uses a psalm in the Old Testament to, to, to paint the picture and to, to help us understand in the imagery that, that, that Jesus fills everything. Colossians 1, he talks about Jesus is the supreme, the Christ, there's a supremacy of Christ. He is before all things, the head of all things. He is all things. And, and this whole picture, you know, whether he ascended, whether he descended means he came from heaven to earth to preach the gospel, or whether he died and, and went to the lower earthly regions and preached to the dead that were there those three days before he raised from the dead. I mean, scholars are all kind of all over the place about this kind of stuff. But... The bottom line is, Paul was trying to say is, in order to fill the whole universe. In other words, Jesus. Jesus is the centerpiece. Jesus is everything. Christ is the head. You guys with me here? So because of this, he says, so Christ himself gave the church gifts. This wasn't made up of man. This was Jesus' idea, who fills the whole universe. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach what? Unity in the faith and in the knowledge of of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. He gives this gift to the church. Apostles, you know, sent out. They've been with Jesus. Prophets, you know, these two roles were, were, were lived out in the early church to establish and, and found the church. And, but because now we have the, the complete word and revelation of God, those roles are kind of obsolete at some level. And so now he's given us uh, evangelists. I'm your gift. Merry Christmas. You know what I'm saying? But... But, I mean, I'm nothing, but I'm just saying, this, the role, right, the role of the evangelist, the pastor and teacher, these, these roles have been given by Jesus to the church, to what? To equip, to teach, to equip, to train the church for works of service, to build up the body of Christ. But the goal is not to build up the body of Christ, the goal here is... Maturity. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I don't even know what that means. But it sounds very difficult to attain. But yet, 
God's vision, as he's sitting there with Angel Michael, guys, look at this. This, if you want to gain an insight into my nature, watch, the, watch what I've created, the body of Christ. Guys, watch this. They're going to, because of these different roles, because of these different people that are going to equip them, they're going to attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Maturity. God's vision, number one, for his people, for his church, is maturing, maturity in Christ. Ephesians 4, verse 14. You guys like that picture right there? That's supposed to be us, all right? Get it? Get it? Got it? Good. Ephesians 4, verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will what? Grow. There is an expectation of growth. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Maturity. Being grounded in our knowledge of Christ and his word that we won't be tossed around by every wind of teaching, speaking the truth in love, discipling relationships to help us become the mature body of Christ. God's vision for the church, for the people, for us, is that we would grow, not stay as babies. You know, sometimes I look at my daughter, at Bella or Rocky, or even baby Jonathan now, and I'm like, I don't want you to grow up, you know? I want you to stay like this forever. But... If I'm like 65 years old, still taking care of Bella when she's only six, I'm probably going to be tired by then. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to want her to like, okay, can you like make your own food now? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can you like dress your, can you pick your own clothes? Can you, can you drive yourself to school? Jeez. You, do you see what I'm saying? And this is God's vision for his people is that when we become disciples, when we become Christians, when we get baptized, that we just don't stay the same that we continue growing, maturing. If you're coming to church on Sundays and expecting to feed yourself spiritually for the week just on Sunday, you're not maturing. If you're okay for weeks and months without going without uh, going for weeks and months without consistent speaking the truth in love relationships, you're not maturing. If you're not giving using your gifts for service in the kingdom, you're not maturing. If you, just because you've been a disciple, been around for 20 years, doesn't mean you're a mature Christian. You can be a 20 year, 20 year old Christian and still be reading and confused about the elementary truths of the, of the scriptures. When you should be able to teach those things and continue to dig deeper and deeper and deeper and mature and grow and feed yourself. Hebrews chapter 5 paints, uh, it gives some interesting insight into this. We have much to say about this, talking about some of the prophecies of Jesus, you know, in the first few chapters. We have much to say about this, but, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food! Exclamation point. 
Anyone who lives in, on milk, still being an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Think, look at this. Constant use. Well, I feel like quiet times every day. I mean, it's like a routine. I'm kind of like constant use. Have trained themselves. Nobody's training them. Have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. That's maturity. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. It's interesting. Some of those things, some of us are like, whoa, what is that? Cleansing rites, laying on of hands. Well, they're saying in that age, in that time, this was elementary truths. They're saying you should have known this within your first couple years of being a Christian. You should be beyond this now. Now what happens to us a lot of times, because we live in an information age, is that we get so wrapped up into the information. And so a lot of us sometimes, we get all like high intellectual, like I got to get, you know, oh, the, the theological, eschatological thing of the missionology, and, and we get all into it, right? And we get all like Google, we get Googled out, right? And, and so some of our problem now is actually just be grant, being granted in the elementary teachings of Christ. So that, that's part of an issue. But another issue is that a lot of us should be able to teach the elementary teachings. Does that make sense? But the idea is, the point is, growth, maturity, growing, getting deeper, feeding yourself, taking care of yourself uh, spiritually. The spiritually mature see their need to have a daily consistent time in God's word and prayer that leads to obedience to the scripture. I want to share with you a couple of tools that we're going to have this year uh, for maturing in the church. And then Marina's going to share a couple of thoughts. Um, one of the things that I want to do is uh, starting February 8th, we're going to start a Sunday school here in the morning before church. And uh, specifically, we're going to be focusing on the elementary teachings uh, some basic principles, first principles. And uh, if you've been baptized within the past two years and you have never taken the Transforming Steps series, uh, I want to strongly urge you and encourage you to sign up today at the connection table. We are going to, I'm going to be teaching this class. It's February 7th, it's seven weeks in a row, Sundays before church, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, we're going to teach you how to study the Bible with non-Christians. And we're going to teach you uh, the, some of the elementary basic principles of the gospel. And then in the fall, we'll do another Sunday school session, which will be a little bit more, uh, whether it be New Testament interpretation or New Testament survey or world religions or revelation. One of those classes will be to be able to equip the saints again uh, in growing and getting deeper in the word. And so this specifically, I want to encourage, if you've been baptized within the past two years, to sign up for this. If you feel like you need a refresher, you man, you haven't been in a study in a while, you just feel like, man, I just need to get my, my butt in gear here, sign up too, right at the connection table. Another thing we're going to be doing is vision talks. I mean, we've been doing this already, but by the end of this month, we want every member of the congregation to be able to finish their vision talk with their discipling partnership so that uh, we can all be on the same page. But the, the vision talk is really an exercise of, of evaluating 2014 and then making some decisions for uh, just this next, uh, this, this, this year. 
Um, so we want to do that. Uh, we're going to be, if you look at your calendar, it's not on, your, on the calendar um, uh, because we just confirmed a facility, but every month uh, we will be getting together once a month for the whole church together. Singles, campus teams, marrieds, everybody together once a month. And we're going to do this on the first Friday of the month. February 6th will be our first one here at the school. And so, for example, in campus ministry, you already have midweeks, but your Friday night Devo that week would be with the whole church. Does that make sense? For the family ministry that week, we won't have midweek, and Friday night will be your midweek. Does that make sense? You guys following me here? Uh, so we'll be doing this, but this is a time we're going to be talking about worship. We're going to be talking about finance, family issues in the church that we've got to deal with. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about uh, discipling relationships. We're going to talk about uh, mission. We're going to talk about all these kind of things, all right? The first Sunday of the month, we're going to be meeting with all the small group leaders together. Today is our first one. Right after church, 1230 in the vestibule, we have, uh, we're going to have lunch provided, child care provided for all the small group leaders and shepherds in the back. Uh, we'll be meeting there today for all the ministries, but we're going to be doing this once a month uh, for all the ministries. And then lastly, I'd say one another relationships lead to maturity. If you're not involved in a consistent one-another relationship, discipling relationship, you're, you're not maturing. You can feed yourself all you want to in the Bible and prayer, but if you're feeding yourself in the Bible and prayer, you'll realize the Bible talks about one-another relationships. And if you're maturing in your Bible reading, you'll realize I've got to obey these scriptures. Let me be in a discipling, mentoring kind of relationship. Whatever, whatever sort of relationship that's going to help me stay accountable and grow and mature in Christ. Marine's going to share a couple thoughts here. Well, um, I was, when he asked me to share some things we were talking about, and I was like, why? We always talk about maturity. We always talk about it. Like, why do we have to do it again? It's kind of being a brat about it. And, um, but then he quickly reminded me that, um, wait, what do you say about repetition? He's the mother of all wisdom. The mother of all wisdom. Isn't that awesome? And so I was like, okay, amen, I'll talk about maturity. But also because I feel like um, I, was, I was just really convicted by that when he said that because um, I feel like this past year with having the baby and being so sick, I feel like I was like at a standstill in my relationship with God. It was almost like one of the, like a superficial relationship. It wasn't deep. And I, I feel bad about that. And I'm like, God, there were so many things, God, that I know you were trying to teach me that last year. And I want to be able to um, grow in that this year because I have another chance. Amen. And so I asked myself, what are some things that prevent me from maturing? And I thought about three things. First is laziness. And uh, I was having a great talk with Jola uh, this past week. She bought me boba. It's really encouraging. Um, it helped. But um, we were talking about how spiritual health is a lot like physical health, right? And the thing is, is that we can say, oh, we want to, you know, lose this much weight. We want to eat healthy. We want to add more greens to our diet, whatever, lose the fast food. But sometimes we just sit back and we don't put, you know, put into action any of those things, right? And so I think for me personally, I just, I can get really lazy in my spiritual health and not take action. Uh, another thing I thought about was bitterness. And just not being able to let go of uh, past hurts and holding on to things and um, not being able to forgive as the Lord has forgiven me. And uh, that is the thing that um, I feel, you know, in a great place now, um, but I feel like in the past um, it's really, it's weighed me down and not being able to move forward in my relationship with God and grow. 
Um, and then lastly, the thing I thought about is just pride. Um, I feel like there's times where I, you know, I'm just like, I, you know, I got this, you know. Even <laughs> this morning, his sister was sharing with me um, just a new way to hold the baby, like, um, like a new technique to hold him. And I was like, girl, I was like, I've done this. <laughs> I've been through this. Like, how are you going to tell me? And then the Holy Spirit came over me, amen. And I was like, you know what? It's been a hot minute, like five, you know, five years since I had Rocky. There's new things that have come out. And I, you know, was like, amen. I, I need to always have that heart of wanting to learn, right? Wanting to, that's what maturity is, is is being a student and wanting to grow and learn no matter like how many experiences I've been through already. And, um, and it's humbling because it's pride. And I, I feel like I've just needed to really let go of thinking that I've got this, I know it all. Because we, you know, I, I have not arrived, we have not arrived, and I think there'll never be a time where we have arrived until we get to meet God, right? And, um, I have my own personal tools that I'd like to share with you um, on how to get out of this and grow in maturity. And I, for me personally, I, I just like to keep things simple. You know, life can be so complicated. Uh, every, you know, um, Glory Beard always said, life is so daily, right? There's just so many things in a day. And so for me, keeping it simple helps. And I just think about the Bible is so amazing and so powerful, and like Reuben says, like, it's right here. We don't have to, like, think abstract or out of the box. It's right here. And so for me, it's really uh, in deepening my relationship with God and growing in maturity is day- daily Bible study, meaningful prayers, and real friendships. You know, like Reuben was talking about, having those one-another relationships, people are going to speak the truth and love. And lastly, I wanted to share Philippians 3.12 with you guys. It says, not that... I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And I just want to encourage the sisters to press on, to keep pressing on and to not let any of these things, and for myself, to not let any of these things, laziness, pride, um, and uh, bitterness hold us back from pressing on and maturing in God. Thank you. Amen. What we're going to do this time... Um, we're going to take a couple minutes here, and I want you to meditate a little bit. Uh, I want you to pray. Uh, you can pray with your with somebody sitting next to you if you want to. You can pray by yourself. We're going to play some background music a little bit, and, and I want you to to write down uh, just a decision, a quit, a, a decision, something that I'm going to do differently or more of uh, this year or within the next few months, um, in order to grow and mature in my relationship with God. Uh, and fulfill really God's vision for my life and for our lives together as a church. So at this time, uh, let's pray together, and then we're going to just have a little meditation time. Father, uh, thank you. Thank you for this time, and thank you for your goal, your vision for us to continue growing and maturing in you. In Jesus' name, amen.
continues, and he shares uh, God's vision, uh, another vision that God has for his people. Each part does its work. And I found these two images I thought were really descriptive of what that looks like. And uh, you see this house here. This, everybody's up on this house trying to build it, trying to build a frame of it, you know, and everybody's relying on each other to make sure that it's going to be an awesome uh, situation there. Thought about the ants, you know, a bunch of ants moving a stick. It takes a lot of them to move it, right? And I just thought about these images because I think this is what God is wanting the church to look like. Not a bunch of ants, you know what I'm saying. Uh, Ephesians 4, 16, he says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Another another image that, that Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians in chapter 12, uh, in verse 12, he says, just, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts, many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you, is a part of it. And Paul gives this incredible picture of what the church is supposed to look like. One body, a bunch of different parts, but one body, with Jesus Christ as the head, having no division, having equal concern. I mean, you know when you stub your pinky toe, it hurts. The whole body suffers. Do you know what I'm saying? And I, and I think this is the image that he's given us. Guys, you are the body of Christ. If one part suffers, the whole body suffers. If one part rejoices, the whole body rejoices. When we have somebody get baptized, that's a rejoicing. The whole church, I don't know this guy, but I'm fired up. You know, when somebody gets married in the congregation, I'm not going to be invited to the wedding, but I'm so happy for them because they're part of the body of Christ. When they graduate from college, yeah! Where did they go again? What major were they? I don't know, but yeah! Because we're all in this together. When a relative passes away, when somebody's diagnosed, when a relative is diagnosed with cancer, we suffer. We mourn. We hurt. We may not know them. We may not know their situation. We may not know, even know that brother or sister, but we know they're a brother and sister. We know they're part of the body of Christ, so we, so we mourn, we suffer with them. Having equal concern. You know, in our, in our church, we have uh, decided as a church to, to be able to reach uh, people and minister to people. Right? Ministry is a service, right? Minister is a servant. We decided to minister and have ministries for people depending on the life stage that they're in. So, you know, we have a great teen ministry for the high school students. We have a singles ministry for single, singles 
We have a family ministry for marriage. We have an MD ministry for the older, mature women in the, in the, in the church. We have a campus ministry for the college students. Uh, we have different ministries for different life stages, right? And what can happen sometimes is because we're in this life stage, we can get so tunnel vision about this is my world, this is my ministry, this is all I need. And there's some truth to that. But then we, we, get, we don't see the bigger picture. We don't see that we're just a part of the body. And then we say, well, and then what happens when things change, when things shift in the schedule or whatever, all we think about is our situation. How's that going to affect me and my ministry and my life stage, right? Instead of, is there a bigger picture here? I think Jesus, I think Paul says here, you know, have equal concern for each other. Our singles ministry are going through a big transition in terms of uh, their leadership and how it's being led and how it's being built. Man, we, we, we've got to have concern and pray for them. Pray for our singles ministry. We've got to encourage them. Does, does that make sense? We don't want them to fight this alone. When our campus ministry goes through a difficult time, man, Marys, we need to rally together to encourage our students. Singles in campus, when you see... When you see a teen who's struggling, man, rally to them. When you see a, a married couple, you realize, huh, they're coming to church separately usually here. What's going on? Ask. Pray. Pray for our marriages. Have equal concern. Amen? Marina and I, what we do is we, we, don't, we lead in teams. And I want to kind of share the different teams of leaders that we get to work with and partner with real quick. And then Marina's going to share something real quick. Uh, this is our leadership core group, you know, Joe and Sarah, Dick and Anna G, Kay Brian, Karen Plumel. We, we meet with them every other week, and we talk about different things about the church and about our marriages, and they're really, they're helping us a ton, and, and this is kind of like a, a, a consistent group, and, we, and they help Marina and I a lot in making a lot of decisions and figuring out flow and rhythm and stuff like that, and, but it's a team. This is another team, ministry leaders. These are our ministry leaders here, our different ministry uh, life stage ministry. We have Greg and Don Russell in the campus ministry, and Dustin and Catherine Peckman in the teen ministry, and Stephen and Aaron Marici now in the singles ministry. And, uh, you know, this is our, we, we lead the ministry together. Does that make sense? And uh, Marina and I are involved in their lives, training them because we want to see... Uh, we want to see more evangelists. We want to see more pastors and teachers. We want, do, do you see what I'm saying? So, so, and, and I'm really encouraging you. Know, Stephen and Aaron, they're not... Uh, uh, Greg, and, Greg and Don are full-time on staff. Dustin and Catherine are part-time on staff. And uh, Stephen and Aaron are, are volunteers. They're just, you know, they're working their own jobs. They've got 50, 60 hours a week or something like that. I don't know how much they're working. But, uh, and in their, in their off time, they're serving the singles ministry. And I figured they don't have kids yet, so let's throw them in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But this is our ministry leadership team. And we're working as a, as a team in tandem together. We're going to continue uh, really working together like that. This is in the family ministry. There's our community group leaders right here. And, and you know, got Brent and Charlene Geppert, Han Yolanda Dietrich, TM and Julie Jang, David and Monica Cortez, Nestor and Linda Sosa. I couldn't find a picture of Nestor without a hat. I mean, I just, every picture of Nestor and Linda I found, they're either wearing masks or hats or something. And I was like, just a regular picture, man. Come <laughs> on. Anyway, this is our team. In family ministry, when we, when we look at the family ministry, we have about 160 disciples in the family ministry. And we're trying to, I mean, they're marriages, single parents. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. And, and we can't meet everybody's need. And so how do we lead it? How do we uh, meet all the needs? We work in team with these couples. And in each one of these community groups, there's about 
you know, three, three, two or three small groups in each community group. And uh, it, it's an incredible team. These are some of our best friends right here. We love it. Uh, this is our shepherding ministry right here. You know, these people, uh, brothers and sisters, Stephen and Sheila Wright, Richard and Dana Granado, Vincent Nicole Robertson, the financial freedom ministry, uh, Miles and Timmy Branson, the singles, and Rick and Donna Mark in the singles, and uh, the Eads and the Jeans and Plymouths are part of this. Joe and Sarah lead this group training, and, and, and they're going to uh, provide some more of the training and, and with, with all the other shepherds. And uh, I'm really excited about it. These are, these are men and women who are volunteering their time to just, man, if we're going through a funk spiritually and our discipling relationship is not really healthy, and our small group is kind of unhealthy, man, these guys will come to the rescue. Get together. Let's talk. Let's pray together. Let's shepherd. Meet your needs. Isn't that cool? Other ministry teams, you know, we've got the youth ministry parent council. You know, parents involved in building the youth ministry. We have our youth ministry leadership. You know, the Peckmans lead the high school, the Sapinosos, Edmund and Sandy lead the junior high, the Pacornis, Joe and Grace lead the preteens, uh, and they're working the team together. Uh, our worship ministry, you know, uh, Edmund Sapinoso doing a great job coordinating all the pieces of the worship ministry. Um, you know, but you got, in that, you got the band, you got the singing, you got, you got all that stuff, the sound, I mean, all that stuff, right? Uh, our church financial advisory committee, the CFAC. Uh, this is new. You know, this year, as every member does its part, this year we've transitioned, you know, in the past as a region... Uh, we are partnered together with uh, Westside Church, the South Bay Church, the Latino uh, Spanish Ministry uh, Church, and uh, every time we would give, it would go into one big uh, contribution pot, and we'd divvy out all the funds as needed. Uh, this year, uh, we are transitioning into where each localized church will be managing their own finances. And so, basically, what we give is what we got to live on. Does that make sense? Here in GLB. And so we formed a team together to give advice to the evangelist and the elder here as we make decisions. How do we spend some of this money? And, you know, we have great dreams, right? We have dreams of being able to hire more interns in the campus ministry, of being able to plant a downtown Long Beach ministry and a, and a downtown Long Beach church. But we need funding. We need money. And, and, and it's going to take every member, not just pledging, but giving their pledge every week to make ends meet uh, and, and even to encourage you if you are able and capable and willing to even raise what you give so that we can afford the facility, the staffing, the, the, the vision, the dream, the tip, the banquets, the, the parties, everything that we want to do. Now, we've got to pay for it now. So we'll need a team to help us out, figure that out. I don't know anything about numbers, but I got, I'm glad I got these guys. You know what I'm saying? You're glad I got these guys. <laughs> Champions of Hope, you know, Rick and Donna Mark leading a group that, that, that really focuses our attention on serving the poor. And then obviously all of our small group leaders, uh, all of our small group leaders, heroes in the church, willing to get together in the small group unit and, and disciple and train and, and lead and shepherd and encourage. And they're the ones that, I mean, these small group leaders, you guys, thank you. Thank you so much for your partnership as a team together to build and spread the gospel here in Long Beach. Maria's going to share a couple things with you. Well, I'm excited to announce that Women's Day this year is going to be March 14th. <laughs> Women's Day 2015 at the Reef. Um, I hope you guys are encouraged and excited about that. And I wanted to just share about uh, my team that I have working with me. 
um, for the Women's Aid Committee. And we have Nicole Robertson and Clarissa. And they're, I call them the dynamic duo. They're sisters. And they're amazing. They're incredible. They help me so much. And um, just so much wisdom and so much talent uh, in the numbers and all that stuff that I, you know, I had a hard time with math in school. Um, we have Yolanda Dietrich and Debbie Drosty, Catherine Peckman, Zyra Takeda, now um, Bianca DeAnda, my sister-in-law, Erin uh, Marici, Grace Young, and we just added Alicia Snugs uh, from the campus ministry to the committee. Um, but I'm just really excited to be working with these women, and it is a team effort. It's a group effort, and Women's Day is like a well-oiled machine, um, but it takes many, many people coming together to make that machine go. Uh, do you know what I'm saying? And um, I just love our times. We have meetings uh, once a month, and we get together, and we brainstorm, and we share ideas, and there's so many different talents and strengths. And the theme for this year, our, t- our uh, title is Keep Calm, It's Women's Day, 2015. <laughs> you guys like that? Do you get it? You know the keep calm? You, you know, you yeah, got it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But we really wanted to do something on body, physical, mental, and spiritual wellness. Just sort of like the whole, encapsulates the whole body, mental, you know, all that stuff. And uh, it's going to be really encouraging and great. We're going to have our Chinese raffle again, which is always entertaining. We have Julie Jang as the MC, And uh, for the women that know, uh, it's it's amazing. But I really wanted to uh, just encourage the church with the fact that last year with Women's Day, uh, we had three women get baptized from Women's Day. And I feel like that's such a victory. And I remember I was going back and forth, like, should we do it again? Because it it is a lot of work and it is a lot of effort. Um, But in just talking to different people with, you know, the community group leaders and um, Steve and Jackie Marici and just different women, um, I just felt like God provided so much fruit from it, so why not have it again? You know what I mean? I mean, with the women getting baptized, but also just with the fact that we get just this cross-ministry fellowship and we get to be unified for that day as the women, I think is totally worth it. And so please uh, pray for us, pray for the committee, and um, you just know that there's awesome women that are going to make uh, this event awesome for God's glory. Amen. I will say this, guys. Um, we're going to close out here in a minute, but um, we have a lot of work to do. Understand? We've got a lot of work to do. Uh, if we are to multiply efforts and divide and, and preach the gospel and spread the message throughout, we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, this year is kind of like look at the, I look at it as 2015 is the year of training. We're going to be multiplying and duplicating the sound system, sound uh, you know, teams and worship teams and children's coordinator teams. And uh, we're going to, you know, small group leaders and ministry because our, my, our hope is that by 2016, it would be the beginning of it or middle of it, we'll be able to send and plant a, our downtown Long Beach. Uh, but we've got a lot of work to do this year to be able to get ready for that. Does that make sense? But we need each part doing its work. Now, we don't have time for this. We're going to take, we're going to take a minute here to, to make a decision here. But I want, I want you to really, you know, in the paper here, it says vision decision number two. Maybe you're already doing something. You just write down, I'm going to continue doing it. But if you're not, if you're kind of on the bench and you've kind of been like out of play for a little bit, write something down that, man, God's gifted me in this. I want to use it to God's glory and I want to, I want to serve God and his people in this way. 
as each part does its work. Lastly here, God's vision number three. Everyone will know. God's idea. Everyone will know. These are pictures of kind of the small group mentality. And, and we know John 13, verse 34, 35, my new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Man, when we are involved in loving one another in the relationships in those small groups, people are curious. People are looking. Huh. That's interesting. I, I'd like to be a part of something like that. John 15, Jesus says, My command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love of knowing this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Jesus' goal with his ministry was fruit that will last. And that fruit that will last, is, it, it, it's really friendship. I mean, he says, you're my servants. I don't call you fr- servants anymore. You're my friends. The goal of the small group, the goal of the, that one another is friendship. You know, we moved to Long Beach a couple of years ago and we realized when you share your faith and you're reaching out to people, everybody in Long Beach belongs to a church. Everybody's in church. But what is lacking in a lot of these different people that we've talked to is, is relationship, is friendship. They feel kind of just, I just go to church on Sundays, that's about it. But the weekly, the daily, the, the, the involvement, and it's interesting, even some of us sometimes we come here we feel lonely. Some of it's twofold. Some of that is just you get out of it what you put into it. If you're not putting anything into it, you're probably going to feel lonely. Another part is that we just we've got to work better in our small group unit, in our Bible talk unit. We've got to build that. That's what church happens. This is a celebration. Our Sunday services is a celebration of Jesus, right? But church happens at the dining room table, in the living room at the coffee shop, on the campus lawn, in the cafeteria, whatever. I mean, that's where church happens. When you got six to ten disciples together and their friends discussing and confessing and praying together, that's where life change happens. Church is awesome. I mean, Sunday, don't get me wrong, Sunday gatherings are essential and we need them. But, and life change happens in those eyeball-to-eyeball uh, relationships. Marina's going to share a little bit here. Um, well, I was just really encouraged this past year. We, ha- we got to see a lot of um, single moms get baptized, which is really encouraging. And um, just also, too, the, you know, the campus students and the singles and uh, the marrieds that got baptized. I feel like God really blessed our church this past year. And um, I, one story in particular, though, that I wanted to share with you guys that was encouraging, I um, was on maternity leave after having the baby for about four weeks, and I came back, and um, there's a, a girl studying the Bible. Her name's Camille Jackson, and she's incredible. She's back there with her little baby, um, and she came to Women's Day. Uh, Mary and Aaron brought her out, and I think they were childhood friends, high school friends, friends friends for a while, and um, so she had been studying the Bible with the Steinke small group, 
And so I called in with uh, Sylvia Cochran, and I, call, I got a call from Nikki, like, hey, can you count the cost? Like, it's like my first week back, and just really encouraging, you know, I get to be in a Bible study. And so um, I go there, go to Nikki's house, and just the way that they had it set up, you know, all the women were in the room, and she, um, at the time, her son Logan um, had a little boy, and um, the husband's. Scott and Jerry watched him for us while we studied the Bible. And I was like, this is amazing. It's the whole family doing it together. And so we counted the cost with her, and she was ready. And I was like, amen. Like, they were able to bring her through the studies with conviction. And uh, one thing that stood out was that she was working Sunday mornings because at that time um, we were having Sunday services in the evening. And so they had already talked about her um, having to maybe quit her job so that she can come to service on Sunday. And she was totally like, amen, that's what I got to do. I, you know, I'm going to do it to be there uh, to worship with the family on Sunday. So I was really like, wow, impressed by that. And then Sylvia's just like, okay, so, you know, when do you want to get baptized? And they're like, let's baptize her now. And I was like, wait, right now, like right this very second, and Reuben was out of town. And so I was like, who do I call? Because I I mean, I'm used to like, okay, let you know, like it's going to happen in a few days. You know what I mean? And so, um, but I was like, this is her relationship with God. This is God's plan. It's not my plan. It's not anybody else's plan. And so she was ready to get baptized. So we drove from the Steinkeys. We went over the Cochran's. She got baptized in the Cochran's pool. Scott and Jerry went to go get pizza. All the kids were running around eating pizza, <laughs> celebrating the baptism. But it was just me and the small group there celebrating uh, Camille Jackson's baptism. And it was such a victory because I felt like the small group really did an amazing job with just surrounding her, loving her, uh, loving her kids. And uh, even just with her and the new baby, um, Sylvia set up meals for her. And I think that that is the way that God wants us to do it. Man, I really appreciate um, that example. And so I ask you, how's, how's your small group doing? How are the friendships in your small group? How's evangelism going in your small group? You guys talk about it. How supportive of you are you of your small group leader? Are you partnering with them to develop this identity where there's relationships, friendships, and people are attracted and curious? Like, I want that. You know, a healthy small group is one that's going to be outwardly focused. A healthy small group is going to be one that's studying the Bible with somebody or, or getting, putting themselves in situations to meet other people to share the gospel with. This is God's, this is God's plan. This is God's vision. You have to go far in the Bible to see this. And this, this is right there. I want all men to know. And they're going to know by what? By your love for one another. By your love for one another. I want you to make a decision. I want you to think about this. I want you to consider what, what can I do differently this year in my small group? What can I give more of? What can I, uh, part, how can I participate more? How can I share more? How can I give more? How can I develop a healthy small group environment to where we're loving one another and people are curious and they want these sort of relationships? I hope this has helped you today. I hope that, that you, have, you feel uh, inspired, but also uh, just with some more information <laughs> as to how we function, what we do, why we're trying to do things. And um, I, I really hope that you are inspired, though, to see God's idea of what it should look like. Maturing. Each part doing its work. All men knowing because your love for one another. 
So we can come up with all kinds of slogans, but those are the three main things that I see in the scriptures that God says, that's how I want you to be. Ephesians 4 to close out here, and then Joe's going to come, Papa Joe's going to come up and say a prayer for our, our offering. And then we have one more announcement. We'll close out with a song. But um, I will say this, you know, if you didn't, weren't able to fill out or update your membership form, uh, please go back and get that from Matt Hunt. I know the singles did this on Wednesday night, uh, but the campus and the family ministry and the teens, uh, those who are disciples, members of the congregation, please go ahead and update that uh, in the back if you haven't already. Um, I want to read Ephesians 4, those verses that I read earlier, but I'm going to read it in the message version. It's kind of just a cool little uh, twist on some, paraphrase on some of the words here. Ephesians 4, in light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here as a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around in your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline. Not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love. Alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. No prolonged infancies among us, please. We'll not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are an easy mark for imposters. God wants us to grow up to know the whole truth and tell it in love, like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. This is God's vision for his people. Brothers and sisters, Let's live it out. Let's fulfill his dream for his people. Let's fulfill it. Let's live this out today, this year. To God be the glory. Amen. Incredible job, Ruben. You know, guys... uh, what do you think? What are, what are you thinking right now? You know, with something like this, where, where, what would you be thinking? I know for me, I'm thinking of something that I can do that's quick and not too challenging. I'm thinking of something that I want to do, but I don't know how to do. I'm thinking about something that I know that God wants me to do, and I know that God will put it on my heart how to do it and when to do it and a way to do it. But no matter what it is that you're thinking right now, it does call for a response. And that's the thing that, that gets me more than anything. When I have to respond to something that, man, how do I respond? But right now, what I want you to do, we're going to, we're going to stand up. I want everybody to stand up because this is a workshop day, and this is, this is going to be a long day for some of us. Go ahead and stand on up. Everyone stand up. And what I want you to do, I want you to stretch. And I know you wanted to do that, so Papa's looking out for you. So I want you to turn to the person to your right and put your hands on their shoulders and just kind of massage them a little bit. Give them a little massage there. 
Does that feel good? Okay, now turn to the left and then massage that person and give them a little bit there. Okay, you got that? Okay, amen. Well, okay. So you're awake now. Okay, you can be seated. All right. Before Rick Mark comes up, uh, he's going to do an announcement for Day on Hope for us. But what is it going to take for you with this vision? One thing it's going to take, I like what Marina said, we've got to keep things simple. And so let's keep things simple, amen? I think you're going to have to put the old self off and put on the new self. Because the old self, it is full of our own desires and what we want to do, and, and it will prevent us from changing. But what we can do is put on the new self. The new self is created by God and for God, and God will change you if you let him. So as we do this, let's bow our heads and let's pray for the contribution, and while we're doing the contribution, Rick is going to give us some announcements. Amen? Amen, let's pray. Father, we thank you that we're able to catch your vision for what you want for your people. And Father, as we are your people, Father, we want to do your will in every way. Even in the small steps that we take, Father, we know that you will take us to giant steps. Father, help our hearts to always ring true in the things that we do. Father, never let us be selfish and only think about ourselves, but think about our brothers and sisters. Think about the people who are lost. Father, think about so many other things, Father, that you will be pleased by. Father, give us a chance right now, Father, to give back to you just a little bit of just a small portion of what you have given us. Father, we know that the love that you have shown us over and over day after day, Father, the countless times, Father, that you have come to the rescue, Father, we pray that right now that we can come to the rescue of so many others. Father, thank you for the love that you've shown. We truly love you. We pray all these things in your son's holy name. Amen.